The following is a presentation of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. How did I choose to win? The question is. You must learn to see things differently now. Welcome back, members of the Lasan Honor Guard. We are here for another installment of a rewatch between worlds. Thanks so much, everybody that's already joined us on this journey through the entire run of Star Wars Rebels. It's been so much fun already to hear people say that they're watching along, to hear people appreciating this show again for the second time, going back to these characters like old friends. Uh, And we appreciate the fact that you are letting us be your new friends along the way. It's been really cool already with the first uh, two-parter and then following that up with Droids in Distress. Uh, It can be, I noticed earlier when I was doing some show planning and some graphic stuff that, yes, I know that we are now technically in a position where the episode count is one ahead of our episode count. I noticed that (laughs) like episode two on Droids in Distress is actually the uh, third episode of Rebels. I, I get that. Just follow along. Just keep the two-parter rule in mind. Two-parter rule. Uh, but with that bit of housekeeping out of the way, I have to introduce the man, the myth, the legend from the Imperial Senate podcast, Yubnub Club, and many a uh, many a, a football tweet that I don't understand, but I do appreciate. It is Nick Kuma. <laughs> uh, thank you for the, the warm welcome, man. It is a pleasure to be back once again, digging into the beloved season one of Star Wars Rebels. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, just want to echo everything you said about every, the uh, all the people who have joined us on this and are either enjoying Rebels for a rewatch or maybe, you know, if it go if that's, if this is the way you like consuming it, maybe it's your first time and you want to watch it with people. So um, yeah, we're so, we're, we're so excited to have you with us. And obviously we're just getting started, but like, believe us, we are just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. We have so much ahead of us thematically in terms of great iconic moments just pure star wars recording these now you know we some behind the scenes i think that we've recorded these mostly at the end of the week so far Mm -hmm. and it's just been a nice like ah it's time to go back to rebel season one with my buddy yeah it doesn't even feel like making a show this is the kind of conversation that we would have anyway which is why we wanted to do this and so revisiting this particular season um is just a nice like balm for these times exactly yeah like that's the kind of shows i like where when they feel like you take the mics away the same stuff happens um so yeah i think that's 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 like definitely a a mission statement of of this you know it's like we we just want these to be like you're you're in the room with us watching it and it's not it's less less a show more a hangout you know um so yeah i think i think that's that's sort of the power of of what these these stories are like for us too. Absolutely, and today is uh, an exciting one. I'll probably say that for all of them. They're all exciting, damn it. Uh, today is an exciting one though because this is one of the initial uh, is it filler situations. Oh, here we go. The first big one. <laughs> yeah, it's the, one of the first. It, it set a tone. A tone I don't yeah. like, but it set a tone yeah. uh, in the fandom of. If it's not immediately the A plot, then clearly it must be useless. Uh, And we are ecstatic to push back on that. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really great time. 
um, my dog, just like the, right when I said that, my dog came and walked over and she sat next to me. And I'm going to take that as uh, affirmation that we are correct yeah. uh, in this moment. You know, dogs know. She knows it's not filler. Isn't that right, Fiona, the bulldog? She's like, I don't give a shit what you're talking Fiona about. Fiona, the filler killer. Fiona, the filler. Oh, that's going to be your name. <laughs> it's going to be your title. Oh, all right. So we are queued up on Disney Plus as we often are. Uh, I didn't say that, I think, in, beyond the first episode. But if you are watching them on the Blu-rays, that's great. I, I just I highly doubt that anybody is at this point because mm-hmm. of who our listenership is. I'm sure you all have Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, we're queued up right here at the beginning of Fight or Flight. So we are going to count you in. It's going to be a three, two, one, and then play on go. Um, again, for those of you that are watching along with us, we will not always talk exactly maybe about what's on the screen at the exact moment, especially if there's a great thing that bleeds forward or something that's coming up or if it's just a character beat. Uh, the episode drives the conversation and we'll do our best to make sure that it's listenable, even if you're on the go, if you're working out at work, you know, mm-hmm. pretending to work, all that good stuff um getting groceries whatever you have, you have a nice life i'm sure just you know mask up um so here we go star wars rebels season one episode four fight or flight in three two one go ah beautiful with all and immediately one of the greatest pairs of any organic being android any two characters it really here. is it really is. And, and you know, they, they will eventually go on really meaningful things with each other, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just a, a funny relationship or, in Chopper's, in Chopper's mind, a trolling relationship, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it gets, it, I think that's what's so great about this show, you know, it, it really gives you the depth for these, these guys. Absolutely. Chopper's having a grand old time. Chopper's initiating him. Mm-hmm. He's the resident hazer oh, of uh, the ghost crew. <laughs> oh, man. And I love uh, is, so much of the Sabine art there and everything. Is Yeah, was that the first time we like really see her as an artist? Yes, I think so. Because in that initial episode, you do get her doing the, the rebel insignia with the, yeah. with, like, the napalm stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're really building out the the f- how big it is for her um, personality, though. Right. And these two. That's a great shout to just like the rest of the the canon and the mythology. Mm-hmm. The, you know, life debts and stuff, and and potentially a nice reference to the fact that he was the initial Wookiee design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What a what a guy! <laughs> I never noticed the artwork of an alien woman in Zeb's bunk there. Is that what you? Oh, I didn't like? either. Yeah, it's right by where his where his his pillow is. Mm, well, oh. yeah, I guess uh, it, it used to be his his room to himself. So I know. <laughs> this kid ruined everything. Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder what the the tensions around here. <laughs> No privacy. And immediately, it's like, how could people say that this is a useless filler episode? Like, it's so clearly about establishing this brotherhood between I, these two. Yeah, and, I, and again, that's the thing, you know, 
we'll just be we'll put we'll be pushing back on this point till what feels like the end of time just because it's like <laughs> the only people who use filler as a critique are short-sighted individuals mm-hmm. um it's like i don't i don't know it's it's just like you know as a writer you you don't really set out to waste time right like you are you are doing something um and for whatever reason an episode isn't progressing a plot that you perceive um you know you got to think about what is it actually doing and this episode again like rebels does so well mm. does actually play into the plot by finale time of this season yes. but even without that i mean this this stuff is so important for for building this family as we're still new right he's still not fully trusted mm-hmm. you know they haven't they haven't really gone through all the like trials that they could have and and this is just another sort of um experience to bond two people absolutely and especially you know within the context of the whole we're coming off of those initial seeds of zeb's trauma with callus and the fall of lasan and everything that happened with that what they have alluded to is, is a genocide we don't have the full mm-hmm. details at this point but um fitting that in and then showing how difficult it can be for him in particular to establish a new relationship versus Ezra, who is more open to Zeb than Zeb is to him, I would say for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it, it, those character beats work together. And then, yeah. you know, on top of that, just in terms of story structure, you know, you brought up that excellent point about the script. Like they're not setting out to waste time. If you removed these beats, then you know, let's say you deleted this episode and just kept going with the run because theoretically that is possible, um, I think. But the problem is when you get to later moments between these guys, they hit less. And I guarantee you some of those same people that complain about filler would say this relationship is unearned. Yeah. And, you know, like we, we take for granted the role that these are playing in the overall arcs. It's it, like, I, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but like, if you're one of those people, like oftentimes the show is smarter than you. <laughs> like, like it's doing work you don't perceive mm-hmm. because you're, while you're sitting there saying, what's this accomplishing? It is laying the seeds for the stuff to hit. Like the big moments work because we have stuff like this. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's exactly right. Like what you're saying. And even and, more, um, like with Ezra's initial force training, like yes, Kanan's not here giving him actual instruction, but this shows the early seeds of his abilities and also just his, his aptitude for it in terms mm-hmm. of applying the force to these crafty situations of trying to steal these things. Like it's a, it's a type of training that we haven't seen from any of the other characters, be it Luke, be it Ray, um, young Anakin or mm-hmm. you know, Kestis, anybody that has in, in canon, these young Jedi, Ezra is having to learn through more of a, um, you know, subterfuge and survival and, and almost even slapsticky way at times. Yeah. And by himself. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of, I guess I'll try this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's super important, all this stuff. And yeah, the, the point of, of Zeb and Ezra together, you know, it's like, they, you know, they're like two orphans, right? And they're, they're two people who, you know, sort of grew up, Pro, like you know Ezra grew up on his own time you know on his own 
like agenda on his, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Zeb probably the same before he, you know, when he was on his own. And so, it, you know, it's forcing two people who are, who are very similar in life circumstances, really, into, into a, you know, companionship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, again, this is also just a great um, early example of the the action blocking that is sort of signature to rebels using all these different levels mm -hmm. uh the buildings you know dropping down climbing up going into the ships all that stuff. this this guy has to be one of the worst tie pilots i mean look at this guy he can't even he can't even hit zeb <laughs> like, like come on man it's just ridiculous he's also a great generic face yeah. I love you, Rebel Stormtroopers. They are so fun. I, I remember in the first trailer where um, they walked by in a hallway and it was like, man, those are shiny. Those are shiny. Like, Clone Wars never that shiny. And it was, it was just really cool. And this is a great um, ongoing thing that starts off here, an ongoing uh, sub storyline of, you know, the stolen fighter and everything. And, and yeah. that all plays out later on. It's just, it shows that this show completely understands how to make use of every single thread, every single thing, be it a stolen fighter, be it a Melu run, you know, building a relationship, be it their relationships in the town you know in the actual lothal community like there's these people that are like like it was mr sumar that was friends mm -hmm. with the bridgers and how that plays out later on and then you yeah. tie that in you know with something later on like purgle and it just shows how this show works yeah absolutely no no wasted space no no uh real estate um you know left on its own it it, it all comes back I remember a lot of uh, early early talk during this episode, or when this happened. Um, a lot of questions were sent Pablo's way because the people. I think people were like unsure at how two people could fit in a Tie Fighter cockpit, which is a, a super funny, um, just kind of like dumb nerd thing we all do. We're like, how do two people fit in the cockpit? It's the ultimate. <laughs> waste of time twitter question that i've ever heard and pablo's like oh you know i think if we look at the you know prop little sets or whatever it's like they, yeah, fit, they clearly fit right here it's just so fun it's it's like yeah it's it's the silliest thing but correct um it's a sphere yeah they could fit. how do so many people fit oh no that's really funny yeah I also love the um, the driving with the feet while yes. you hang upside down. Yeah, it's a great, uh, again, adding character to the species, adding um, just little choices that you're just using your animation assets. You know, like you have mm -hmm. these characters as animation rigs. Like, why not have him do something that we haven't seen before? Just adds a little bit of flavor, a little bit of fun and individuality. Yeah. And then there with Ezra saving them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know allowing the series to continue <laughs> in that moment 
Yeah. And um, another thing that re- reminded me of uh, when Zeb got in that thing, it was just sort of like spinning around on the ground. Reminded me of every uh, battlefront <laughs> or uh, squadron's <laughs> first mission when you're like figuring your way out. You're like, Woo! Oh, um, it's, it's so stressful. Like what was the... the, the, the the mission at the beginning of squadrons where yeah. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. And it's like fly around the fleet and you're like, ah, <laughs> just spinning. Spinning is a good trick. Um, which also shout out to squadrons put the eventual Sabine paint of the TIE fighter in the game as something you can, you can unlock. So oh, another, another fun rebels things. thing. A lot of rebels love with squadrons. Man, all they needed was one Melu run, you know? Which also, shout out to our friends at Disneyland, or at Disney Parks, rather. The uh, Melu run juice in Galaxy's Edge, top tier drink. People sleep on it because they, you know, the milk's always on the mind. You know, blue milk, green milk. I got to get that. That's the special thing, which it is special. But Melu run juice, don't sleep on that. You get yourself a nice Ronto wrap. You get that, you get that breakfast one. You get that. Uh, vegetarian one, which also is very good, or you get the normal one, you got to pair that up with a Melu Ren juice. They, let me just say, man, the, Hera knew what she was getting when she's like, I need Melu Ren from you guys. It's a, uh, it's a big, it's a big, big thing in the galaxy. Far, far away. And this is another thing. Opinions. <laughs> Mando disagreed about the Melura. <laughs> um, but again, this is this is another thread that's picked up again in the show. It, it, like, show me the filler, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, this is all essential stuff. Like everything, even down to that. I was thinking while you were talking about the Melura, like the way that that even you know, yes, like haha, it's the Bonnie experience. But the way that it plays into the economic state of things that we see later on, like part of this show is how the establishments are doing. Like we've already seen the Tarkin town, but also, you know, like uh, the bars and everything like, was it old Joe who's, you know, this a character that we'll meet later on and things like that. Like this show, it was concerned with details like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then I also, um, I love the, ongoing background storyline of Sabine working on this art piece off to the side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it just keeps people active, right? Like mm-hmm. this is very clearly not her episode, <laughs> but um, you know, it keeps her part of the story and uh, yeah, it's just a smart use of, of character. Yeah. And I'm always just amazed by, again the the budget constraints like they didn't fall victim to any of that stuff just the way that they were able to use really barren landscapes but instead of saying oh we can't afford to do a lot of stuff we're mm-hmm. not doing a show on coruscant or chandrilla or something like that they were like no it's going to be macquarie it's going to be beautiful it's going to be sweeping and it's going to play into the sort of desolate uh empire versus natural world type aesthetic yeah Some great early Ezra action here as he surfs the TIE fighter. 
Yeah, and again, like um, like you were saying, rebels, the way rebels uses space in uh, mm-hmm. in action sequences, a lot of a lot of vehicle riding, a lot of jumping on roofs, and <laughs> yeah, know. it's the kind of thing where it's like you can only get away. With, I mean, you could do it with live action, you know, if it was, you know, that's when you get more like into like Marvel physics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Star Wars tends to be a little bit more rooted in what's possible, unless you're in like revenge of the sith mustafar um yeah for the human body but yeah i mean that's the kind of stuff where it adds so much to ezra's character and the other rebels too like just to be that daring and to to be willing to take those chances even in small Mm -hmm. ways it makes me excited you know at the time of this recording obviously those of you watching along uh we are here in the back half of 2021 and all we Ooh. hear about all the time is live action Ezra rumors and yeah who's gonna be playing Ezra and is it gonna be Mina Masood from Aladdin and all that stuff and it'll be really interesting to see what of these adventurous aspects translate for the character because mm-hmm. he is such a uh, a rascal such a resourceful character yeah yeah absolutely Especially if he's a bit older, right? Right. <laughs> older. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that that in my, in my head that went like grievous. Um, but I also feel like really quickly, fans of a certain age may be pleased at us if we point out that this vehicle is indeed based off a toy. Yes. Um, which is, I think, again, something really fun that Rebels did um, because I think they did it with this. They did it with the the sort of lighter walkers um yeah those like two-legged walkers i forget the like actual designation um and they also um they contribute overall to this this synergy pipeline of from kenner toy to rebels asset to eventually mandalorian exactly yeah we get a we get a really good um action sequence in season two with this vehicle yeah so yeah yeah. absolutely And, and again, this is also for... about dedication. Like mm-hmm. Hera asked for this. That's why it matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it's, you know, yes, you are bonding along the way. And that was part of her intention because she's a freaking smart woman. Uh, and she, you know, she's the, the glue of your entire thing. But right there, Zeb saying, not bad kid. It's the earning of the respect because Ezra is showing that Hera asked for it. It doesn't matter if it's an insignificant fruit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's always such a great line you did all yeah. this fruit, fruit. <laughs> the troopers are great in this i mean like yeah. that's like the first time seeing a show. yeah it's so good <laughs> they have great lines throughout the entire run it's of like, the show it's like almost like fourth wall breaking yes um, and it's it's a, it's a different comedy and I, I admire them for doing this the writers i mean it's a different type of comedy than the b1 battle droids and clone wars yeah it's a little bit again the b1 battle droids are there's that deadpan of them being mechanical, but these guys are, it's working class humor. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Zeb played a lot of squadrons. Oh, for sure. He knows what he's doing. High ranking and fleet battles. I always loved them. I think it was resistance made that like, Almost like flight sim game that looks like flight DDR. Yeah, <laughs> right? oh, like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I wonder if a version of that existed <laughs> in this uh, t- part of the timeline. And again, this right here, like you talked about, you know, the, the feet. Like 
it's just a great way to like on a script page of you know he swoops over and, and rescues Ezra like very simple but it's the it's the way that directing and, and animators can make something really thrilling that only he could save him that way and I feel unique to animation right mm-hmm. like I don't know if that plays the same way in live action um I guess we'll never we won't really know but <laughs> but it's like it, it feels like a very specific thing you can do here, which makes it special. Yeah. And I love that, that wholesome little moment right there of giving him the helmet as a gift. Yeah. He says, I already have this one. And Zeb is so hurt. It's like, take the helmet, you little shit. Yeah. Aw, the ghost. <laughs> worried, worried mom and dad. <laughs> and here they come. Yeah, man. It's great because Zeb functionally for the family alternates between their oldest child and the uncle, just yeah. depending on the day. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this is such a good, it's such a good bit. Like it's yeah. such a good payoff later on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> These two idiots. For those of you watching along, they did not crash it <laughs> the narrator yeah. jumps in ron howard jumps in <laughs> yeah right <laughs> again and to to save the guy who asked right like yep. and, you know it all it all comes together love this and this is so, oh it's so funny and i i just love the the ongoing thread that from right here all the way to the last shot of the show is Sabine immortalizing their moments, their love, their bond. Yeah. She's the historian of this group through her expression. Exactly. Such a great moment. (laughs) It's like, what does Sabine Wren and Sam Tarley have in common? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) what's the name of your painting sabine a painting of ice and fire she's <laughs> like, just like my, my painting is star wars rebels <laughs> you know because we're in the stars and this is a war and we're we rebels. some wars and we're rebels yeah and we're done well, you know again uh, they always they always they go fly by, by they fly by uh so again it just incredible work by the team here uh let me actually disney plus i never want to exit the credits stop making me i know right it's so annoying uh Stephen g lee and uh, kevin hops on the script uh a great job there and i mm. refuse to let anybody ever tell me that this episode is not important for the overall audience. i mean we just we, we debunked it in 20 minutes you know yes, yes we it's did. like heard you're, it here. you're showing like imperial occupation of the planet you're building a very key relationship you're building several key relationships you're you're forecasting Sabine as the historian, like you said, setting up the last shot of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're showing the family dynamic and you're introducing Meluron yep. <laughs> to the galaxy. <laughs> so it's like, come on. Yeah, Debunked. It's, just, it's completely stamp it. Myth yeah. busted. There we go. Uh, okay. So as uh, returning viewers will know, and again, it, I, I keep saying like, I want to say new listeners and it's like, which there like definitely could be. I just highly doubt that like there's going to be uh, Start people here. joining in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to head into the Rebels Recon now. 
Rebels Recon 1.03 Inside Fight or Flight. A nice five and a half minutes with Andy and the whole gang. We're going to start that right here. So if you're on YouTube with us, you're going to come in at three, two, one, go. Hi, Andy. What's up, friend? Andy always has the coolest, like, Lucasfilm or, like, Rebel swag. Get our nice little recap, a little warm down. A little recap here. Always a good time. Always. A it's good like time. it's like you played the you played a you know game six of the finals, and now this is the ice bath. You got to cool those muscles. You gotta you gotta recover for next time. We should record these from from ice baths now. That's what you're saying. <laughs> It is a nice one. Oh man, we got some, oh, some con exclusives. I love Vanessa Marshall so much. And again, yeah. we're of the mind of whatever you want to do with the role, the role is the role. The characters are a piece of writing that get brought to life and yeah. multiple stewards of that character. That said, if they there are exceptions, woman green. <laughs> We have, we, we have exceptions. <laughs> that said, yeah. she'd be phenomenal. And she got to physically stand up and play the role for Squadrons. Yeah. It, again, because there's, there's a lot of factors that come into deciding who can play who in what medium. And none of the factors work against her. Like, there's, yeah. there's, just, there's just no reason. She's you can do it. Exactly correct. Yeah. Age-wise, exactly correct. She has performed it now in motion capture. Like, ugh. Oh, look at that yeah. moody ass poster behind Andy there. The I know, right? Ooh. And we still haven't seen him really in his stride yet. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't even think we've seen the lightsaber rotate at all. Like, that's still a reveal that's mm -hmm. saved for next week. a couple episodes from now. Dude, Dave, the swag, man, on this sweater is just. Look at Taylor Gray! <laughs> coming off of Greece. I know. Look at this guy. I've always thought that Taylor Gray, like, despite maybe ethnically being not what Ezra's coded as, yeah, just coincidentally kind of does look like him. <laughs> yeah, and I think he just he's one of the great examples of just so embodying it, just through attitude, right? Oh, yeah. Like, um, yeah, Taylor Taylor Gray is a cool cool dude. Yeah. By all accounts. <laughs> and for people that are wondering what I'm talking about, it's just, it's sort of a agreed upon thing that Ezra is coded as being um, you know, some sort of uh some sort of Indian, some sort of you know Southeast Asian, mm -hmm. um, perhaps even Middle Eastern. Yeah, Middle East, South Asia. Yeah. Kinda. Definitely not the, uh, an American white dude or a Latin guy or anything yeah. like that as well. Yeah. Um I also just love Steve Bloom interviews because even though he's not doing Zeb voice, he still has Zeb rasp, like as part yeah. of the natural voice. Yeah, it's he's he's another one who like, um, like the man is a legend. Oh yeah, right. I mean, and it's like an ungodly resume. Yeah, and it's it's like uh, I think I think just the the amount of D Bradley Baker we've gotten like puts him I think front of mind, but like Steve Bloom is just as easily. Um, you know, up there 
on in that echelon of of voice actors yeah yeah and it's it's in and out of your star wars galaxy too i mean steve bloom is one of the you know wolverine voice actors he's been in just so many projects so many animated mm-hmm. series i mean the guy is he's up there with uh you know with your your greats you're like you said like d he's up there with people like uh like troy baker he's up there with people you know like like Whitwer. Tara Strong. <laughs> Tara Strong. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mark Hamill, of course. Oh, yeah. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Mark. Did Mark Uh-oh. make a Rebels appearance? I was just thinking that as I said that out loud. Yeah. And I want to say that he did. Um, before we wrap, I'll look it up. Let's see here. While they're previewing Rise of the Old Masters, which is a killer episode. I loved this episode when it came out. Can't wait for this one. Oh, man. Let's see here. Also, just because I've not really been a Luminara fan. <laughs> <laughs> Less so these days, even. Le- like, yeah, <laughs> this feels even more justified after the Clone Wars. <laughs> listen, listen. Luminara, uh, uh, it's... <laughs> one, of, one of several tough looks for the beloved masters of the Jedi Order. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely Luminara should not ever be, like, if there was a Star Wars... I mean, in and, and the High Republic era, we know that there is that they do send news correspondents to do public facing like Stellan has to speak for them mm-hmm. uh, during the time of the fair. And they do a little bit of like a inside the Jedi order. This is master Stellan Geos. And they follow him around a little bit. Luminar mm-hmm. should never have that job. Luminar should never be public facing no. at all. She should never have any type of uh, outreach role <laughs> of any no. kind. Definitely um, not therapy. Yeah, but you, God, no. you thought God, Yoda was no. bad. Oh please no! Yeah, like... <laughs> I I gotta tell you, I'm based on voice roles here. I don't see Mark in Star Wars Rebels. That is fascinating. I I mean, I guess like it probably would have popped to our minds if you did. Yeah. So you know, trust our guts on that one. But I mean, he's in Mandalorian. He's in Clone Wars. Maybe he just I don't know. Maybe it was because of the build up toward Force Awakens that they. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's um, uh he's um in Last Jedi Casino, uh, Casino guy. Yeah, Dabusuke, yeah which one. is just the the mishmash of Bob Jusay's name. Yeah. Uh yeah. Did he have a did he have a voice role in Force Awakens? I'm pretty sure that he does. Yeah, I he says he's had a cameo and everything so yeah. far. If you know who Mark Hamill was in Force Awakens, definitely hit us up. Let us know. I'm really surprised that he wasn't in Rebels, but you know what? I guess it may be a situation of we're trying to save him for Force Awakens or he was, you know, training and getting buff or whatever. Because remember how, yeah. how buff he got for Force Awakens? Yeah. Like for, for the movie where he did the least? Because it's like by the time of Rise, like it's not like Mark Hamill like gained a bunch of weight. We're not saying that. But there was that picture of him on Pinewood with his arms crossed for Force yeah, Awakens. I remember that. In front of the like, big seven. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, damn. I was like, Mark Hamill's going to beat some ass in this movie. <laughs> and yeah. he didn't. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way because I love sequels, Luke. Um, but yes, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of a Rewatch Between Worlds. I think that this was a really fun one. And again, the magic of revisiting these things with context with understanding the characters, with a great co-host. So, Nikki, uh, if you have any closing thoughts that you want to share on this one? Yeah, I mean, again, um, it was once again brilliant to debunk 
the the awful narratives we hate. <laughs> um, and and again, like it, it's always fun to 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 dunk on things when we when we think we've proven them wrong. But I, it's not the overriding um, feeling of of this of doing this. I think overall, it's just such a joy to watch Rebels again. To, uh, to think about the characters, uh, be so immersed in in what's going on. Um, so this this episode was no different, and I, you know it, it was just great to see the relationships, everything we talked about. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for for the rest of the season. I love the next episode so much. Um, yeah. So it, it it goes real hard. So yeah, just really thrilled. Um, you know who and- else loves the next episode? Who's that? Trace and Rafa. Trace is like, ah, victory. (laughs) (laughs) We call that a callback, ladies and gentlemen. A callback to a different show that we're not doing. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. 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 Good stuff, though. Completely agree. It's just the richness of engaging with the story, of opening up to it. And I think that this episode, Fight or Flight, is sort of like the template for what resistance would be for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it is resistance is full of these and they're perfect entry level star Wars for young fans. They're perfect um, for expanding out the world and the environments and, and a place like Lothal. And I appreciate all of it. So absolutely. I think that, with that said, uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you across? The yeah. Country? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nuquitius, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. Um, hit us up about, you know, uh, questions of Rebels. You know, if you have questions this episode, feel free to hit us up on, on Twitter. And then uh, you can also listen to the Imperial Senate podcast. Um, that is at Pod on Twitter. Find that on all podcast uh, sites and feeds and whatnot um general general star wars talk and then uh you can listen to me and alden do one and done film club which is a very exciting venture and about to kick into the season two uh we just released a great episode with fellow octo radio family member tori fox digging into pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest so yeah good stuff coming out from there as well yeah, uh, one and done season two coming up. It's going to be super exciting. We have the trailer up there on socials. We're going to have to share that out again uh, to remind people what movies we're going to be covering because it is a stacked list. Super excited to do that with you and friend of the show and friend in our hearts, Reed Devaney. Um, that's going to be coming up soon. As for me personally, you can find me on Twitter at AD underscore Strider. You can find me on Instagram at A period D period Strider. And then you can also find uh, the mandatory Creed here on Octo Radio, A-H-C-H-T-O Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and your, do your social media uh, snooping, tweeting, even subtweeting, all that good stuff. Uh, Octo Radio is there and the Mandatorian Creed as our sister show is going to be coming back with the Star Tour season. So that's really exciting. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. And we're super excited to share even more with you, including the Star Wars Visions interview that Tori and I just did with James Waugh and Kanako Shirasaki. Check that out on our new Octo Radio YouTube channel, Woo! which uh, I'll link down below. And Tori and Nikki are going to be making appearances on there. For what exactly? I don't know yet. But we're definitely going to do some stuff. It's going to be all you know driven by 
what they want to do. Don't expect really, you know, reactions or any of that stuff. It's not really, not really our bag. Uh, but we will do um, some stuff as good ideas pop into our heads. Uh, so for right now, um, I believe that that is everything. If I forgot something, well, such is life. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close this one out. We're gonna go get it uh, next time. Yeah, we'll get it next time. We're all good here. <laughs> Uh, I had a great time revisiting this one with you, my friend. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Uh, you are a mensch, a wonderful co-host, uh, and a great mind uh, for this here ghost crew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I forced deflect it right back at you. Thank you so much, my friend. Right now, we're going to go stash our stolen TIE fighter. So let's close it out here. Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf run. Pick a path, and all is done. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.